Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled Selah was given by Darren Roundson on July 4th of 2010. We're going to have a Selah today. For those of you that know what that means, we're going to have a divine pause. We uh, intentionally, Bill and I, intentionally decided, hey, let's make 4th of July just a weekend that we can come together as family, share some stories, talk a little bit about what's going on in our community, and just worship and, and greet each other and pray with each other, take communion, and, and just take off kind of the, the pressure of Sundays. Some of us feel the pressure, especially our volunteers sometimes, but um, we want to just have a divine moment, a divine pause, and invite the Holy Spirit to, to minister and just to connect with each other. Uh, church should feel like family. It never in the, in the New Testament is there a metaphor for church as, as an event or, or even as a business. It's always the family of God, the household of God, um, the community of believers. There's just a unique way to describe it. So we're just going to be family, so that's why I can drink coffee and feel um, less pressure to make you all laugh and smile and walk away with conviction and inspiration, but we'll do that still today, um, of course. So, Fourth of July, Independence Day. It's a great day to remember um, the nation we live in. There are a lot of nations out there that don't have freedom like we do. Um, but it's odd, and I feel like this has been the story for the Garden the entire three years that we've been journeying as kind of a as a church, or at least the the idea of church, because we really didn't start until a year and a half ago. But today is the very first. Sunday that we celebrate our independence from Rock Harbor. Yeah, yeah, this is a big deal. Um, this is a really big deal. Today we celebrate the fact that we are no longer attached to Rock Harbor except by family and relationship that we choose of. That basically means that for the last, I don't know, two years, we've been under the umbrella of Rock Harbor. They've, they've handled our payroll, our, our financial resources, every tithe um, check that we receive. They had to go, go and handle that with their operations team. They've, they've kind of um, kept, account, kept us accountable in some of the operation, the business side of things. But as of Wednesday of, last, of this week, June 30th, I, I was officially terminated from Rock Hired. And uh, our church was officially let go of Rock Harbor. And um, as of July 1st, we are now completely on our own as a church. And this is a huge deal. This is a big, big deal. And all the people at Rock Harbor that were there when that happened for them, that actually happened three years into their journey after officially launching from Mariner's Church, they recognized how significant that, that transition was. And for many of you, you've kind of just been here on Sundays. Put coffee with communion. Don't mix those up. Um, uh, and, and so anyways, it, it's, just, it's, a, it's a day for many of us, the leaders that have been working on this. We have a great volunteer team that have been setting us up to, to come to this day and feel the freedom to, to be able to trust God in what he's doing. And I want to share a little bit from Exodus. But before that, let's just, let's just talk about um, what God's been up to. I want to sh- share some stories. When we first got started... Um, we, I mean, we literally had like 10 or 12 people at, at some of these gatherings that we had. And maybe 40. If we had 40 people, it was a good turnout. And we would, we, we would all participate. It was like we would all set up. We would all, you know, put, wrap Christmas lights around railings. And we would uh, set up the, at the old church, we would set up the floodlight that was used as a spotlight for the stage. Um, and for those of you that remember that, that was, that was fascinating. We actually, we would set up our AC, which was the oscillating fans. Um, in the in the building that was 85 degrees during the summer, and 
sweaty, and, and we would set up a sound system that had a corded mic, and I would trip over it, and, and we would just, it was just this amazing thing that all of us felt like there was nothing attractive about it at all. In fact, you would say, this is not how you plant a seeker-friendly church. But God was doing something, and, and what I, I believe what he was doing was he, was he was making it about the community. He was making it about the, the city. It wasn't about one personality. It wasn't about a trendy style of worship, because believe me, we've worked on what we've got now. They're doing awesome. Worship is great, yeah? You guys enjoy that? Yeah, they're awesome. We have a great sound system. I mean, there's so many things that we have that are just blessings from the God as far as what it means to put on a gathering. We had maybe five life groups when we launched last year at this time. Five life groups. We have like 15 now. We had uh, 80 people last July. Last week we had 260 between the two services. We have about 165 in life groups. Last year, around this time, we, uh, you know, Rock Harbor was supporting, uh, they supported up until last week a third of our income of what it means to be a sustainable church. Last year around this time, we brought in five to $8,000 a month that would, you know, keep the cost going, keep the lights on in Cohiba and, and make sure we had ministry costs, make sure we had matzo crackers and juice and all the things that go into putting on a church service and being a community that wants to give their resources away. And, and this last uh, month, our financial oversight team and our elder boards along with 12 volunteer staff members, put together a budget proposal and estimated that we actually could make, in the next year, we could probably have a ministry of about $200,000 for the next year. That means about $18,000 of income we should expect every, every month as a church. That's three times the amount we had a year ago. You guys follow? I mean, this is just a, a miracle. Not, this shouldn't have worked. This shouldn't have worked. I was 23 when I started leading this thing, and I did not want to teach. I was terrified of speaking in public. And those of you that sat, you guys are in, sat in the early services, you guys are so gracious because I was embarrassing. My wife and I were talking about this. She would get so nervous, she would walk outside and she couldn't listen to me talk. In fact, where Alex, she's not even here because she still gets nervous. <laughs> She's totally not here. Oh, I love it. But that's just, that's my story of, of being a part of this and seeing God just, you know, when, when, when you start to say yes to things, God just takes you for a ride. When, when um, in just a moment, we're going to hear an update from the community garden, but, but I remember talking to John at um, a Thai restaurant. He's like, he brings this big notebook and he's like, I'm going to plant this community garden. I'm like, yeah, right. And, and, and a, not even a year, it's not even been a year since that meeting. And, and for those of you that have seen it, you'll see some pictures. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's worth an applause. And so today, let's just, we want to share some stories. So why don't we do that right now? And then I'll share a little bit about what's going on. Um, and we'll worship and we'll take communion and we'll just be family. You guys with me on this? Cool. So get some coffee. Feel free to get up. I want to invite... Anyone that has a story they want to share, in the, either about the garden in the last year, two years, or even what's going on in your life. Uh, maybe it's um, something that you've accomplished, something that God's accomplishing in your life, or maybe it's something to do with your family or your, your life group. Whatever it is, we want to leave some space for some stories. So would you think of those and be brave. I really, I really want to invite you to share stories this morning. 30 seconds of just 
snippets of what God's doing because storytelling is so important. It's so important for our community as a church, and it's so important for our society. This is, I mean, this is the oldest art form there is. We share stories about what God does, and, and the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. It's revelation. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. In all of our individual stories, we can always somehow point those to God. So, John and Lydia, why don't you guys come up? Lydia, you coming up? Yes, you're brave. Awesome. All right. Hey, so this is John and Lydia. Rosine? Yeah. Oh, microphone. Hey, someone run that mic up real fast. Sorry. Um, so what, do you want to show the slides first, or do you want to talk? Okay, okay. This is kind of, yeah, let's throw the slides really quick. You can see what, what, what the community garden looks like, and they're going to give you a quick update. Go ahead. Before we start, uh, it's, it's been a little over a year, but we got this lot a year ago yesterday, and we didn't even know. So let, take, take a look at the, uh, we didn't even know this until last night when we were talking about it. So yeah, this is the lot that we had, um, 7,000 square feet. It's right at 5th and Cerritos. Uh, and a, a house was there. It was an abandoned house that they tore down. This is what it looks like now. We have uh, landscape there in front, a beautiful fence in front. It's just inviting. People can see inside of it with the, uh, the gate there. We have, uh, these are the raised beds. We have over 10 raised vegetable beds now. We have 50 feet of uh, row, uh, raised rows. These are some neighbor kids that came on serve day to help plant. We have a, a gathering space that seats over 70 people to start hosting things there, um, teaching classes on anything from composting to creation care theology. This is our little farmstead that where we give away the produce at. First uh, fruits? First fruits, yeah. literally. This is the corn. It's like taller than anyone here. Maybe not there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Maybe not me. Um, we have uh, everything just is flourishing. Um, it's incredible to see. See, we put this sign out. Basically, what we wanted to do with the, the vegetables was give it away to the community. Um, it was really just a, a way of, of giving away God's provision uh, for us. These are families that are walking through the garden. We go walk through with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's come on. Okay. All right. So, yeah, the... The real intent with this, this space that um, we have been, had been praying about, this is a vision that I've had in my heart for over three years um, and really just has taken shape in the last, in the last year, uh, was really to create a space where we could foster relationships, where we could build relationships with the community, where we could be um, in a community of people. Uh, it took a long time to find this spot. There was a lot of no's uh, trying to find a space that we could do this mm. at. And one woman was willing to listen. Um, her name was Suzanne. And she had a heart for what we wanted to do there. And God chose that place for us because of the community, the people that we've already made contact with, the relationships that we've already built, the, the families that are getting involved. We have two neighbors that are now watering full-time at the garden. Um, they're incredible. They just love it. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, just so many possibilities are growing there, not just the food. There's so many possibilities. And mm. this space is, is not only for the neighbors, but it's for us to, to be living missionally in that yeah. community. Um, these people do not want to be seen as a project. That's never been our intent. We want to be known to them as much as we want to know them. Mm. And so there's a re- relational aspect. We had a prayer walk yeah. um, there yesterday, and it was a real uh, eye-opener just to see 
just kids on the street, just playing. Um, this neighborhood is full of life. God is already moving there. Yeah. And it's just incredible to see what we can be a part of. Um, everyone that we talk to is amazed that this place hasn't been touched by any graffiti, any mm-hmm. vandalism. Um, nothing has been touched. Uh, it's just God's just provision there, just his, his security for that place. Um, and so, yeah, the future for this place is really in, our, in God's hands. There's so much possibility there. We have plans for a kid's garden. We have plans for a native plant garden. Uh, we want a chicken coo there. Um, and we really want to host uh, barbecues, just get neighbors outside of their doors. Um, a lot of neighbors don't know each other. Yeah. We want this place to be an area where we can, can bring neighbors together so that they know. I think, Darren, you mentioned this, that one neighbor just wanted to know that, that um, someone next door to them had their back if, if that was ever an issue. Yeah. So um, just bringing people behind the closed doors. Yeah. It's a real low-income area. Um, there's schools all around. There's so much opportunity for God to move if we are willing to step into that. Yeah. Um, so it's just been incredible to see what has gone on there and what we've been able to, to kind of uh, bless that neighborhood with. Yeah. Lydia, what? I'm going to ask you a question. Sorry. Because <laughs> uh, when, when this happened, you were kind of, there's no way, kind of when John brought this idea. You... Yeah, John, even before we were married, we've been married for a few years now, and he always had this. John's like a big picture kind of guy, like, and I'm always like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, good luck with that. So, yeah, he, um, he, kind of he brought this up and I was like no one's gonna donate a lot of land to you for free like that's not gonna happen yeah so John and I would drive around Long Beach for probably a year almost and just take numbers of empty lots and just like stalk people like Mm. literally go to their offices and call them and totally work I yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's a good stalker, I believe. That's good. So, um, <laughs> that's a different story. Yeah, we'll that's, we'll we don't want to go there. So um, later. Yeah, this is the, actually the only person that actually like answered their phone, and it's literally like turned into my heart too. And mm-hmm. it's just following my husband. It's I have such a heart for people and yeah. for the smaller picture, and it's great to have a combination of the big picture and the smaller picture because that's what we need in a, in a yeah. place like this. We need people with different visions that can come together and for a bigger picture. So. Cool. Just a couple stories. Yeah, sure. Really some. quick. Yeah, cool. um, some of you may have heard this. We've mentioned this story before, but my friend Josh and I were building the arbor one day, and we had a family with a son that came by. Um, was really sick, and they knew that we had gone to the garden. They had gone, come to a, one of the build days before and just asked for prayer for their son. Um, Last week, we uh, had some friends that were with us in the garden, and we played hide-and-seek with these two neighborhood girls that were just wanting to help out at the garden. So they helped weed and pick fruit and vegetables, and then we played hide-and-seek the rest of the time. It was just a beautiful moment. We have a lot of neighbors that um, are just so excited to be a part of this. It's just nice to see people light up when we give them a bag of produce. and so simple um, and yet so powerful for them. And some of the verses that we've been guided by, just the vision of what it looks like, kind of biblically why we're doing this, uh, is first from Jeremiah 29, um, that we seek the peace of the city, for in its peace we will find peace. Mm-hmm. So we want to usher in a sense of peace yeah. um, and, and tranquility there, a kind of a, a sense of, of escape um, from just the city, uh, and also from Isaiah 58, um, just that we will be rebuilder of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. Mm-hmm. We want to bring restoration to this, this area, not only physically, just with the beautification of the lot, but um, just a restore of, of souls there, restore yeah. of people yeah. um, 
to bring people upright, because, and in us too, because there's a sense that we need to realize what's important in, in the way that we are, are a part of, of his hands and feet, of restoring his creation, of what it means to care for his creation. And so there's just so much beauty that we want to see um, that God, I think, wants to reveal in this space. Uh, so it's just been incredible to see that actually happening now. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Yeah, let's give it up. One thing I want to say, and I know they won't say this, but uh, there, this is another couple of just testimony of God just leading them and them saying yes one foot at a time. And it just kind of, God keeps revealing himself as, as, as you take that first step. John and Lydia, uh, I'll just say this, they had it made in Newport Beach. They were commuting here. They had a, a nice place close to the water. And God, God blessed them with that. But as God began to work on their heart for the city of Long Beach, they just realized they had to move here. And so last July 1st, no, June. June 1st, they moved to Long Beach because they wanted to be closer to the city. They wanted to be closer to the garden. And just another testimony. It seems like every time you just step out a little bit, God will continually draw you towards whatever's next, and then you don't even know what's going to happen. They, uh, they, aren't, they don't get paid by a church. They don't get paid by a nonprofit. They are doing this out of a calling. And, and I hope you see in some of the stories that we're going to share that all it takes, guys, for, for something to, to, to just flourish is for someone to just say yes. To actually feel and know that God can do the craziest thing. Alright, that's okay. <laughs> More stories. Come on, what else, what else is going on in your lives? Is just anyone and everyone? Come on, let's, let's, let's all get up at once. Ready? One, two, three. Alright, Steve, you want to come? Come on. All right, man, just 30 seconds, though, okay? Because they went way too long. I don't want to fall asleep. Just kidding. Love you. Um, whoa. Um, well, I have another story of moving up to Long Beach. I actually um, lived in, in Newport for um, the last six months, and my, I've, I've had this slow drawing towards Long Beach. Darren knows I've had, like, From a three-year battle with being here, and... Um, yeah, just from the beginning, I, I just didn't really want to move here, but I also knew that God was calling me here. And so in, in May, um, my, my place randomly got sold, um, and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like right before summer, Newport Beach, like right on, on the sand, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, what was me? great, God. I know, what was me? All right. So, um, so anyway, I just felt like God was just, leading me to ask an older couple in our church to, to live with him for the summer. And I just, I just went up to him one Sunday. I was like, hey, like, they're 80 years old. They're awesome. They're not here right now. But um, I was just like, I, I feel like I need to ask you if I can live with you. And I'll pay and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they come back to me the next week, and they're like, Steve, we've been dying to have someone. We're, we're Like, our house is under construction. And we, we, that's what we're building our house. Where they're 80 years old, but they're adding on to their house because they want people to come and stay with them. Wow. You know, and so it's just been like a cool divine connection, you know. And then um, as I'm here, I, I just want to encourage us. Like, there are so many Jesus lovers in this city, mm-hmm. guys. There are so many mm-hmm. Christ followers. Like, I was sitting at Portfolio Coffee Shop the other day doing my thing. Like, I actually had five tickets that I was like, like speeding tickets, all this stuff, like trying to figure out like all the, if I could make enough money to like pay these tickets. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like in my little hole. My brother's there with me 
And, and my brother passes this guy reading his Bible, and he's like, hey, bro, like, it's how you're reading your Bible, blah, blah, blah. We get into this conversation. We end up praying for this guy. Like, like, ev- like everyone can hear. My brother's super loud, so he's like, God, we just pray for this brother. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And then it was awesome because the dude, like, right across the um, table from us, he kept look, looking over, like, I think, I'm thinking he's like, these people are so weird right now. But he comes up to us afterwards, and he's like, dude, are you brothers? And we're like, yeah, we're brothers. Like, we just, and we just had, like, this little family reunion, yes. like, right in Portfolio Coffee Shop. Everyone's like, who are these guys, you know? So I just want to encourage us, like, there's so many awesome Christians mm. out here. It's not yeah. just us, guys. Yes. Like the city is being yes. filled with people who love Jesus, yeah. and yeah. we need to connect with them. So, awesome. yeah. Thanks for sharing. Great. Yeah. Great story. <clears throat> yeah. Let's do it, Megan. Hi. My name's Megan, and I know everybody that's in a life group thinks that their life group's the most awesomest, but I just want to say that mine is. Um, Careful. I know. It's a tough subject. I know, I know, I know. But um, we had a past uh, life group that started, I don't even remember when it started, but we kind of had a little rough start, and um, my husband and I, we had a hard time kind of sticking in there, just feeling real beat down. And my life group... A bunch of new people, and they stepped up. And you know, there was a couple weeks we just couldn't couldn't get ourselves there for whatever reason. And you know, they call us and they're like, "We did this or we did that," and we led the lesson this week. And I just think they're such amazing people. And I'm looking around. I don't think I see anybody from my life group. So it's not like I'm trying to lift up people that are in this room, but just know that there's amazing people out there. And if you're not in a life group, please get in one because they're real rebuilding my heart for me right now. Um, I was kind of hurt by some people that call themselves garden people, and they're fixing it. You know, these people that just barely started coming here, and they're amazing, and I love my life group, so get in one, please. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah? In the back? All right. Let's go, Bean. This guy, Bean, will go by Bean. Let's give it up for him. He's here every morning. At like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., what time? 7 a.m. With, with Jordan, with Larry, um, with Billy, with a team that sets up the sound and gets here so early every morning. Yeah, we need to give them a round of applause. You are awesome. Go for it. Hi, my name is Brad, or Bean, as everybody calls me. Um, a couple months ago, I, uh, I hit a really rough spot in my life, and... Uh, Moved out to Tennessee, shortly moved back, but lost my job, was just struggling. Uh, came back, and my best friend, Jordan, uh, has been my godsend, I guess, if you will. Um, he brought me here. I've since gotten, I've, I've had a, I have a family now. I have, uh, I, I've never grew up with my father. I have a father now, and he's amazing. as uh, Larry in the back. <laughs> but uh, I've just it's its just crazy how much God can work with you um, a lot of people are looking for jobs right now I know I am but I urge you to look at this time and just be like what is God doing right now maybe you don't have a job so maybe he's calling you to do something with your time uh, volunteer or something but I've been able to come here I've been able to be here at 7 in the morning ish 
and help out. And I don't know if I had been able to do that with a job. So just God is amazing. He's here for all of you. So I just want you to look at that. Thank you, Vin. Thank you. Anyone else? I want to give opportunity. Someone, yeah, Grayson, come on, come on. How many of you guys love the cello? Just throwing it out there. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, I'm Grayson. Uh, I came here, uh, started coming to the garden in November from Rock Harbor, and um, I, after I finished with school, I moved to Long Beach. Uh, unbeknownst to me why. Um, I just was helping out a friend and um, I started coming here <laughs> and uh, it was just like this overwhelming sense of, of this, is a, this is, I don't know, this is a place where God is working and God is moving and the people of this church are open to it. Hmm. And uh, it was just, uh, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before and um, I got plugged into a life group and the, the second I walked into that house, it was, it, it was just smacking me in the face. It was like, this is what community is. Yeah. Like, this is what God's plan was for us. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. And uh, it was just, it was a really great experience. And uh, I was just, it's just great. And I just want to, like, affirm Darren and the vision team that, that the idea of, of it's nothing special. It's just the community and the family that makes this church what it is. And that's... Mm. 100% like what I've experienced being here. So, yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. All right, last chance. Last chance, anyone? Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing, friends. Um, I don't know where I was going. I, uh, I only asked John and Lydia to, I asked them to prepare, and so all the other stories were kind of on the spot and from people's hearts. But one thing... Man, it's just, I think being a part of this journey for so long, it's just amazing to see and hear stories, to hear Bean's story and know how God is, is using him and, 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 and speaking to him and, and, and raising him up and healing. And, and all of us have these stories and we've got to learn how to tell our stories. I just want to keep telling that. I want, I want you guys to really think about what God's doing in your life. Reflect on this so you can share with people. So that we can evangelize through simply sharing our story. That's what happens. That's what happens when we just know the God story in our story. You know, um, for me, I just want to share a couple of thoughts. Because this has been... This, this July 1st was a big day for my wife and I. Um, we, in November of 2008, Alex and I moved to, to Long Beach. And as we were gathering, uh, we went out to Bluff Park to meet our neighbors... And there was a Prop 8 rally going on. And we weren't sure if we were going to plant a church. In fact, the only thing when we started the Long Beach Project, which was, became the garden, the only thing we were sure of was that this was not a church plant. For those of you that were at those early meetings, it was like, hey, we're calling you to do something in Long Beach to experiment. And I don't even know, but do it. Sign up. Let's get you plugged in. That's what, that, that was the call um, when we started this thing. And so we, we just didn't know in November of 2008, my wife and I, we moved here, we went to Bluff Park, and God just broke our heart for the city. We, we, we really, we knew at that moment we were supposed to plant a church, but we also knew that it wasn't going to be just us planting a church, but there was a community that would raise up and, and lead a, a church. And, and, 
And when you come from a church like Rock Harbor that's 6,000 people, they have 70 uh, staff members and everything is dialed in. And when you, when you saw what we were doing for those four months, you're like, this is not a Rock Harbor thing. Um, this is not dialed in at all. <laughs> and uh, and at the, the truth of it, that the Holy Spirit was leading us. And even though we wandered, it seemingly aimlessly, uh, for a season, uh, God was directing every step of the way. We would meet in weird buildings because we had nowhere else to meet. We'd meet in homes because we didn't have any place to gather. And God would direct us and He would meet us. And He was as like the Exodus story where God would lead, not with an obvious pillar of fire, but just by the random open door. And we would just walk through. Um, but, but in November, we, we went to Rock Harbor and we said, we want to plant a church. And they said in January of 2009, great, we want to support. You will be our first church plant. And um, it was a big deal for Rock Harbor. It was a big deal for us. At that time, we probably had maybe 35 people gathering. Um, we, ha- we didn't even have a life group yet that was started in our own. We had Rock Harbor life groups. Some of them were still going. And, and we just, it, was a, it was a faith journey. We said, we're going to do this. And in January of 2009, they said, okay, we'll support you from a year out. So when, when's that year out going to be? And we said July. And so they said that they would support us from July 2009 to July 2010. And so from that point on, in January, we knew that there was a timeline. And for my wife and I, this has been the biggest faith journey. We had no idea where we would end up. We took a risk. And, and that's my story in this, is that God, I kept... I was willing to risk my security. I was willing to risk my wife's security, which was probably harder than anything else. Love you, baby. Um, she's here now in the back. Um, and, and, and I did the most foolish thing, which was to trust God with everything and to risk friendships. I had an amazing community in Newport Beach, and I, I left them, and I came here, and my wife and I cried for, for days at a time. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. We regretted coming to Long Beach the first few months we were here. It was so hard on us. But, but the story is a delightful story. It's God showing up every step of the way to now we say, if we would have known this is the community we would have, we would never have cried back when we were crying. Because this is just a blessing. And so it's just funny to, sh- to share this story because this is not my story, this is our story. And some of you have just started in October, some of you have just started to come, but we're not figured out, we don't have this finalized, we don't have anything finalized. We're just now getting started. This is a new season for us, and we're inviting you into the story to write your name on the wall, to put your handprint on a new church in downtown Long Beach. And who knows where we'll be two years from now. Our first Easter service saw about 500 people show up. Uh, less a year ago, we were given a brand new property that's you know, extended a, a lease now that will go past three years, and we have a community garden. Brothers and sisters, we're not about the hype. It's like we're having to fight a culture of hype that's trying to get people to get to the bigger, the better, the best, the fastest, this, this type of consuming culture. We're saying no. Some Sundays, we're going to share stories. Some Sundays, we're going to worship and pray. We're going to, we're going to plant gardens. And yeah, it may take a year to get to a place where it's actually working, but that's what we're going to do. Because in that, generations will change. That makes sense. And so that story is not a philosophy of the garden. It's not the leadership holding it. There's really one full-time staff person. That's me. In this amazing church, we have an amazing volunteer team. And so 
what I want to share is just a story really quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue to worship, and we're going to take communion, but Exodus, Exodus 14. Um, if you have a Bible, I would turn there. This is a great story to, to read and, and think about and, and just meditate on. I'm just going to do a devotion from it. I'm not going to get into the exegetical message. I just want to share this because I believe this lines up with a lot of where, where, um, where we've been. But, so Exodus 14 is the crossing of the Red Sea. The Israelites have uh, seen God provide miracle after miracle. He does amazing, he, he challenges the Pharaoh, the other God of the world, of the nations, Egypt, and God opposes them. And he challenges them with plagues, taking down these false gods. And, and, and finally, after the, the death of the firstborn in the Israel, uh, of, of the Egyptians, the Egyptians say, you can leave. And so you have a, a couple million people. It's not sure yet. We don't know exactly how many people. But a whole nation of slaves is freed from Egypt. And, and it says that the pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke leads the Israelites. It, it's as if they're just, being, they're just following God, walking, and that's all they have to do. And, and also they have this spokesperson, Moses, and Aaron, who, who do these amazing things where he says, do, do this with your staff, and oh, the ocean's blood, cool. All these things are happening, and so for the Israelites, they're leaving what, what, what they knew, what was safe. Even though it was slavery, they're leaving that to follow Yahweh. But something happens in the story, and you guys know this, we all know this story, but think about this. They get to the Red Sea, and then the Egyptians change their mind. They said, we're going to go after them because there's so many of them. They're gone. But they get to the Red Sea and they're like, there's no way we're going to escape. And what do they say? Um, in verse 10, as the Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to Yahweh, the Lord. They said to Moses, what, what, um, was it because they were no, there were no graves in Egypt? that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us? Bring us out of Egypt, out of slavery. Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone, let us serve the Egyptians as a nation of slaves. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They come to the Red Sea. They're afraid. They see this, this army pressing in. A Red Sea. There's obstacle in the way. And they cry out to Moses, what did you do? I can't believe you took us to this place. We're going to die. And listen to what Moses says. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish. For you today, for you today, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you have only to keep still. The Lord will fight for you. And you have only need to keep still. This one says, the Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. He gives us a word of comfort. God will fight for them. And then look what happens. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is God speaking. Moses is just said to them, keep still. And God says to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. The Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and his army and his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh 
But I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And listen to this. Then the angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. For the first time, the Israelites had to lead themselves across the Red Sea. And God said, I will fight for you. And it moved, the cloud and the, the angel moved behind the Israelites and between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I just want to reflect on a couple things and then we'll just continue. Uh, I love this passage. It, it really, it, it's just a devotion for me. I, I take it, I'm like, man, this is for me today to trust God to fight the, to fight the battle for me. But just listen to the words. Moses says, be still. And God says, move forward. Moses says, be still. An inter- a stillness, a place where you just recognize what, who God is. That nothing important revolves or relies on us. And then God commands the Israelites in faith to trust Him, and to just move forward. And as they move forward, God goes behind them and fights the battle. We know the rest of the story. They go, they cross the Red Sea. God puts the Red Sea back on the Egyptians, and they dance and celebrate that they were freed from slavery. I think for us, as, as we kind of, as a church, make a mark today, we stand as an independent church, and some of you are like, oh, this is all new to me. Some of you are like, man, this has been a long time coming. I just want to say the posture we want to have is to just be still in this season, to remember what God does, remember who He is, and to just keep moving forward. Just move forward and know that God will fight our battles and we can trust Him. What I want to have, I'm going to have Stephen come up and just lead us in a group time of prayer and then we'll just continue to worship and, um, and then we'll end. And what I, what I would ask is, uh, as we start thinking about this stuff, we have a sign-up table in the back of this room right here. And if you're not in a life group, if, you, if you're not doing anything with the community other than coming to Sundays, I just want to invite you to look at that table, look at all the opportunities there are, and just think about what God might have you do to, to help devote yourself to a community. Oh, there you go. Lead us, my friend. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from The Garden, or would like to find out more about The Garden Church, check out our website at thegardenlb.org.